Mobile Business News 24 hours a day at Bloomberg.com, the Radio Plus mobile app, and on your radio. This is a Bloomberg Business Flash. From Bloomberg World Headquarters, I'm Charlie Pellet. The Dow, the S&P, NASDAQ, they all declined. Today's second drop in a row for the S&P 500 index. Pulling back from last week's records, S&P down 6 to 24.29. That was a drop today of uh, just about three-tenths of 1%. The Dow down 47, down two-tenths of 1%. NASDAQ down 20 points to 62.75, a drop of three-tenths of 1%. The 10-year up 11.30 seconds, the yield 2.14%. Gold rallying 13.60 the ounce, up 1% today to 12.96. West Texas Intermediate crude up 95 cents a barrel to 48.35. That was a gain of 2%. I'm Charlie Pellett. That's a Bloomberg Business Flash. Thank you very much, Charlie Pellett. You are listening to Bloomberg Markets on Bloomberg Radio. about small caps in particular. Uh, it all has to do with the world of hedge funds. We want to get our weekly check on that world. And we want to specifically look at how a pair of short sellers are starting a hedge fund to target those small caps. Let's get the details from Hema Parmar, hedge fund reporter at Bloomberg Brief in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. So can we start there? Absolutely. So who are we talking about? Who are the short sellers? And Nobodies. Are they? They're nobodies. <laughs> they are nobodies. Uh, and what are they going after? We're talking about Eric Fisher and Dustin Esperson. They are short sellers. They have experience at Broadmark Asset Management. That's Fisher. He used to be a PM there. And Esperson was an analyst at Kingsford Capital, which is a short seller. And so they are both starting up a Which is notable to our listeners because in the effort of full disclosure mm-hmm. is where I used to work. Uh, so these guys are both friends of mine. Oh, you used to work here. Okay, cool. And, and so they're setting up this long, short equity uh, hedge fund that's going to focus on small cap stocks. And so they're planning to wager about 100 positions on the long side and then another 100 on the short side. Uh, what's interesting, small caps haven't been doing too well. Last year they were up um, 21%, but this year so far they've just gained about 2%. We're looking at the Russell 2000. Mm-hmm. So um, interesting to see where they'll they'll find that opportunity. Um, they will go long and short, so they could find something on, on either side. But they- had a big rally right after the, or just kind of leading up to the elections, mm-hmm. and then they've kind of leveled off, yeah. Exactly. And part of the reason is we asked um, Eric Fisher, and he said that part of the reason could be because investors think the stock market is nearing a top, so they see that, they think that small caps are more vulnerable to a downturn compared to, to larger ones. Hey, Corey, our guest that we had on earlier, um, Steve over at Wedbush. Steve Masoka, yeah. Right. Wasn't he talking about, we've been watching um, some of the trends that we've seen in the market and small caps lagging, large caps, and he thought that we might be at a point where we're going to start to see that trend line change so that maybe small uh, caps sort of sort of sounding the same theme I'll, yeah. I'll, I'll tell you that eric and and um uh and dustin do real fundamental research though they, they're they're very much bottoms up guys so that they are certainly aware of the macro trends but i think that they'll be looking for mm-hmm. uh, individual stock stories for those hundred positions what have been their returns do you have any idea of how that fund's done they're just uh, launching they're just launching oh. fund, so we, we don't have returns but their, their track, track record because they're unblemished but you said, wait, you were... I said about my friends. They're completely unblemished returns. They've yet to screw up anything. They've yet to do anything. Nobody is unblemished. I'm just <laughs> saying. Um, okay, so it'll be interesting to see what they're going to do. Yeah, I mean, it sounds like they're they're aiming to raise about $50 million, but given this environment, we'll have to kind of see how that plays but out. But that goes them. a long way with small caps, right? Because we're just talking about, mm-hmm. you know... And on the fee side, um, they're expecting to charge seed investors 1.5 and 
2015, so that's 1.5% of assets and 15% of profits. They could even give up a portion of their revenue stream in exchange for working capital. Nope, hands off that one. I, I can't. I, I can't go any further. I hope. That, I, I, I do wish them well, as my friends. <laughs> you don't have to be. Okay, okay, okay. Um, let's see. Uh, you've also got an interesting Q and A on a hedge fund that invests in stocks but ignores fundamentals altogether. Explain yes. that one. It's it's quite interesting. So they are a relatively newer hedge fund. Um, it's called 60 Capital. It's run by a former Bridgewater associate. And so they do, they ignore fundamentals and instead what they look at are how stock prices are impacted by flows into and out of ETFs. Ah. So it's, it's a really unique way of, of looking at stocks. They think that the growth of money, all this money flowing into ETFs, has created an, an environment where you see these big um, unnatural distortions in stock prices. So there's two main ways that they trade. One is when a stock is added or to or removed from an ETF because that will um, push up or that would push up right. a, a stock price. Especially if it's a smaller company. And the other way is if a lot of, is if a lot of people are buying a certain ETF, that'll push up the stocks of those underlying companies. This is wild. I have to tell you, when I first started here at Bloomberg many moons ago, uh, we used to do something called money flows. It was something Laszlo Barini would track and he would, you know, specifically we would look to see where the large institutional block trades were flowing into because mm-hmm. you would see that increase and that <laughs> typically you would often see the share price then it would make sense, right? Kind of exactly. supply and demand. If you see a lot of big trades moving into a particular name, you would anticipate that the, the share price is going to follow and go higher. Mm-hmm. Um, so it's a little bit like following those kinds of flows or flows in general. Exactly. And what's interesting for an example is um, – if you look at a dividend ETF, mm-hmm. um, one of the companies that they have traded on in the past, um, they're a smaller company called Meredith, but because they have high dividend yields, they're weighted equally to a larger company. So as that dividend ETF grows in popularity, that one stock sees a bigger shift. Interesting. Um, you also have a story about uh, uh, certainly a trend we've been hearing a lot of, uh, yet another pension fund cutting its exposure to the hedge fund uh, community. Mm-hmm. So Boston Retirement System, they run about $4 billion, and they're planning, planning to cut their hedge fund expo- exposure by about $110 million. So they have about 330 in the space at the moment, and they're going to bring that down to about $220 million. Um, this is according to a person familiar with the matter. And the reason is what we've heard before, high fees – low performance, and event, you know, is taking its toll on, on this pension. So what's interesting is they only invest in hedge funds through fund-of-fund vehicles. That's mm-hmm. per some, you know, guideline from an association. So that's the only way they can get that exposure. So they're right now invested in four fund-of-funds and are going to have to road planning to, you know, and somehow they're, they're seeking better managers. Maybe they'll rotate those out, but they're still going to bring their overall hedge fund exposure down by from I, 7 to 5%. I, I do wonder about this era where hedge funds have had a tough time, if that all of a sudden over the next year or two we start to see performances come back, whether everybody goes running back into it or whether mm-hmm. people are going to be cautious for the next cycle. I don't know. And I feel like pensions move slower than, than mm-hmm. say, a family office. So if they are behind in that curve, it might take them longer to then catch up. That said, if you're only investing in fund of funds, you're paying twice the level of fees right. for managers that just aren't, you know, aren't quite producing the gains. They were only up 1.4% this in the first four months of the year. So God. Not, not too great. No. Any gains you have get kind of eaten up by those fees. Exactly. Or those double fees. Corey, got anything else you want to add? He's Thank good. you very much, Emma. Good stuff. <laughs> it's my <good>. pleasure. <laughs>
Emma Barmar, she's our hedge fund reporter here at Bloomberg Brief in our Bloomberg 1130 studio. And uh, you can check out more at BriefGo on the Bloomberg. You are listening to Bloomberg Radio. Oh, okay.